Atlanta, this is the best Christmas dinner I've ever eaten. Well, after your narrow escape, I'm only too glad you're here to enjoy it. You can thank Troy for that. Oh! Troy, what's wrong? Troy. Troy! Honestly, he's such a ham. Oh, hello, everyone. Well, Marina and I have now made it back to Marineville for Christmas dinner. And this week, as it's Christmas, we're not doing the usual randomizer thing. Uh, we've left the randomizer back in the Eagle. But before we left, we had it print out the names of five Christmas-related Jerry Anderson episodes. And we put those printouts into these five crackers right here. So, Marina, if you would like... What? Oh, Troy. Yes, how is he? Or he'll be okay. He stopped groaning already, you noticed. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sure it's nothing. Anyway, Marina, if you would like to pick a cracker. Ah, going for number five. Okay, here we go. <coughs> oh, I got the toy. I got the toy. Where's it gone? Oh, there it is. Right. What's this? Oh, it's a little model of Torchy. Oh. Right, I'll burn that later. Uh, did you get the printout? Oh, you got the hat. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. Um, that suits you. Yes. Uh, aha, there's the printout. Right. Let's see. Well, there were five possible Christmas episodes to pick from here, only one of which I actively dislike, and that's the one we've got today. Still, it's been a long time since we've had a Thunderbirds episode turn up on the randomizer. So here's give or take a million. Oh, oh, oh. Thunderbirds are go. Christmas is a time that promises many wonderful things, and uh, as with a lot of things in life, uh, the reality never quite lives up to the promise. So, yeah, I'm disappointed to see this come up for Christmas, uh, despite the fact that we this is only our second Thunderbirds episode on the randomizer. It's been a very long time since we watched 30 Minutes Afternoon on Pod 3, but even so, this is not only probably my least favourite episode of Thunderbirds, it's my least favourite of the, the Jerry Anderson Christmas episodes generally. I don't think that's a, uh, a controversial opinion. I'm not aware that too many people love this episode. I'm sure there's some people out there who, who adore it, and uh, to those people in advance, I apologise for what you are about to hear, but this is not one of my favourites. Can I have my wish now? Sure, but you must call me Santa. The nurse says it's the only way I can re-establish my grip on reality. Yeah, um, Jeff and, uh, oh god, what is this kid's name? Timmy or Itchy or Stinky? Um, whoever he is. I wish I could see all the Thunderbirds launch. It's another precocious little brat as this show and... The previous Anderson shows were quite keen on presenting, and this one's especially annoying, even though he's not in the episode as much as the other kids are. But he's, you know, give me my wish. I want to see all the Thunderbirds. Why does this kid get to go to Tracy Island and we don't? It's not fair. This is Christmas Control to Thunderbird 3. Immediate launch. Christmas Control. Um, yeah, for those of you who haven't seen this, Jeff is actually dressed up as Father Christmas. I don't know why. Obviously, it's Christmas, but this uh, this whole scene of him dressed as Santa just sat with a little boy. There's no one else there, insisting that he be called Santa, is is slightly disturbing. You could believe that, as I hinted at, this is Jeff having gone slightly gaga towards the end of the series and is just uh, 
needing to be uh, to, to be sort of I don't know what there must be some condition for when you think you're Santa and need to be uh, humoured, that's the word I'm looking for where is Thunderbird 3? I can't see it be patient Nicky what do you expect, Nick? Oh, Nicky, that's your name. Are you expecting it to just, like, appear in front of you? Be rammed into your stupid face? Wow. Wow. Actually, I do love this... This beautiful pan up the side of Thunderbird 3. It really does look... You know, every inch the... Was it 200... 287 feet high? Wow. Uh, that it's meant to be. It's a really, uh... Really good example of all the detail on the model. All the individual panels the slight scorching and uh, wear on uh, on various sections of it. It's an absolutely beautiful model. Despite the fact it's, it's not my, my favourite Thunderbirds vehicle, it's still a very impressive panning shot there. I have to wonder though, um, okay, being a kid, you want to see a Thunderbirds craft launch. Okay, that's fine. Wouldn't you want to ride on one? I know he presumably had a ride on Thunderbird 2 to come back from Coralville Children's Hospital, where he lives. But even so, I mean, who wants to watch a vehicle take off when you can actually ride it? Well, gentlemen, if the project is successful, that'll just be the start. This chap who runs the hospital, the puppet here, uh, is it Dr. Pringle? He is uh, a slightly disturbing puppet because you almost can't see his eyes. It's just these black voids. It's quite unsettling. Uh, and what's stranger is that the puppet sat next to him. Um, oh, the, the toy shop owner chap, whose name I don't remember at the moment. I don't remember seeing that puppet in any other episode, and he looks quite good. There's a, a slight sort of uh, self-satisfied smirk on the face, which uh, suits the character. But Dr. Pringle just... You can't see his eyes. Dr. Pringle has no soul. 9.58, Dr. Pringle. Thank you, Dr. Lang. And you're a minute fast. <laughs> Ooh. Get the madam. Screen nurse. Yes, Doctor. No one will see a thing. Now, this episode was uh, not only the final episode of, of the series to be produced, it was also the very last one to be shown. It was shown on Christmas Day. Uh... I'm going to say 1966 uh, as part as the end of a, a repeat run of the first season and the showing of the second. Here she comes. And I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of a kid watching this on Christmas Day, looking forward to this. Were they satisfied? Is this really what you're expecting to see from a Thunderbirds Christmas special? Uh, for starters, International Rescue are barely in it. They don't need to rescue anybody. The plot could more or less unfold whether they were in existence or not. But it's just so dull. I mean, look, this rocket has just uh, deposited a, a crate by parachute over the children's hospital. This is Thunderbirds. Why are we, why are we watching a rocket launch going right? I mean, it's, ni it's nice that the rocket didn't crash into the children's hospital and explode. But it's... You know, that's a very traditional sort of Thunderbirdsy idea. 
this thing is launched to to help people. It goes wrong, there's a disaster. Oh, we've got to help get these children out of the hospital and make sure they have a Merry Christmas. This is... I, I just can't imagine any kid watching this on Christmas Day, no less. Could be anything but disappointed. I could be wrong. Maybe there are dozens of Give or Take a Million fans out there who are going to um, criticise me for this, but... Oh, now that is something that I do like about this episode. In the car park where this canister has just landed, there is a sign, and it's quite visible, even on the, the DVDs. Coralville Hospital. Please park prettily. That's uh, quite, quite sweet, you know. Please park prettily. I, it rather says something about the quality of this episode that I'm forced to looking into the background to see if anything interesting is happening. Dr. Lang? Call International Rescue. Yes, Doctor. But uh, how do I find them? How do we know where their base is? Listen, Lang, just put out the call. They use any frequency. Yeah, you'd think after 32 episodes, International Rescue might have put out a pamphlet or something to cover this sort of situation. You shouldn't really have people wondering how to contact them this far into the series. And I'm sure John would appreciate somebody talking to him. It's uh, not like he's overburdened with calls. International Rescue. This is Carlville Hospital calling International Rescue. Loud and clear, Carlville. Go ahead. The trial and yet John always sounds so happy. It's amazing. He never sounds anything less than 100% chirpy and chipper. Be the rocket's ETA. 0900 hours. Right. We'll be ready at 0915 to pick up the lucky winner. I really like John as well. He seems like a really nice guy. It's such a shame he got just such short shrift all the way through this show. Wait and see, nurse. Just wait and see. I'll tell her now. It's not that interesting, really. But father... Supposing there's a distress call that day. Oh, Gordon, don't spoil it. Yeah, Gordon, don't hope that something interesting might happen in this story. That's not what we're here for. This is all very well, but do any of you realise how near we are to Christmas? Well, Grandma... Well, for those who are interested, uh, I'm actually recording this on October 18th. So I'm quite a way off Christmas here, but uh, if I've planned it right, then by the time you hear this, this... Uh, this will be Christmas Eve, I think. Although in, uh, at this point in the episode, it's uh, Wednesday, December the 1st. December the 21st, even. Yes, and we mustn't waste time when we're shopping. Is there much to get? That much. That's quite uh, an interesting list. If you, if you have the Blu-rays and you're willing to pause it and look through that list, see what makes up a, a Tracy Island Christmas is quite interesting. Uh, I'm not aware that tongue is a traditional uh, element of most people's Christmas, but it is for the Tracy family. I do rather like this uh, montage of the decorations going up on Tracy Island and the uh, uh, Grandma and Karana at work in the, the kitchen <laughs> watching these turkeys spinning around on... Oh, even Brains is helping out. There's a shot of Alan, though, as he's... Um, I think he's putting some glue on the back of some little stick-on stars or something. The puppet's mouth is open. Uh, it's, it looks like his smiling face. The, the mouth is open. It looks like he's... Uh, he's... I don't know. He's got problems. He's got problems, that boy. Well, the montage has taken about four days. It's now Christmas Eve. The Tracy family aren't... Uh, although the lounge looks very nice, they're not exactly the speediest when it comes to putting all these decorations up. 
It seems to take about four days, and there's still piles of debris all over the place. It looks wonderful. Can we open our presents now, Dad? No, Gordon, not yet. We're going to wait till our guest gets here tomorrow. And open them in front of him, because we don't have anything for him. I want to see him cry, Gordon. I'm speaking from the roof of Harmon's store here in New York. Don't worry, nothing interesting has yet happened. Doesn't the snow look wonderful? Gee, I wish we could have a white Christmas. Just like the old days. Here comes the final section. That's a comment I've always found slightly odd, just like the old days. Where exactly were you living before you all came to live on this island? I'm sure there's probably many theories, but it's it's an oddly specific comment. Why don't you use the nuclear-powered cooker, Mrs. Tracy? It's much faster. Well, I'll tell you, Kirano. I never did get the hang of those rods. Oh, there's a scene I want to see. I, again, it's it's the perfect setup for a Thunderbird-style disaster. Old lady tries to cook dinner with the nuclear-powered cooker. Could cause explosion. You have this episode has so many so many potential options for drama, and they're just they're just wasting it. I feel like we had a million kids in there today. Let's go. We're meeting Tana, remember? Come on, guys. Your your department store Santas. It's. It's only going to be for a few weeks tops. You know you're going to be busy. You don't need to stand there and complain about it all. Some interesting uh, Disney and uh, Hanna-Barbera characters on this uh, toy display here. All right, not a move. What's this? Some sort of game? Shut up. Not a sound. And that, that actually, you heard the Jack in the Box pop open there, and now the bad guys are here. I don't understand... Um, Later on, the bad guys say that they were hiding their equipment in the jack-in-the-box. Were they themselves hiding in the jack-in-the-box? Or did the jack-in-the-box betray the department store Santas? And it was in league with the baddies the whole time? Too many questions, not enough answers. I'm really bored. You know, that's some alarm system. Yeah, those tiles on the floor can register a pin drop. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's why I started talking to you about the thing that we both already know what it does. How much do you think we'll get? Oh, about ten million. Give or take a million. And there's our title. It doesn't really warrant the close-up on the um, bridge of one of the puppets' noses, but, uh, whatever. That's the best we can do for an ad break cliffhanger this week. Something that I always keep in mind when I'm watching this episode which unfortunately I do watch every Christmas because I am just a glutton for punishment, although having watched this in October, maybe I won't watch it again this December. Uh, I just look at these scenes, these endless scenes of these two robbers breaking into the uh, the bank vault by cutting their way in through the, the department store. And you just wonder, you just think back to where all this started, you know, trapped in the sky, the fire flash, the, the crab logger and no not the crab logger the sidewinder and thompson tower and the sun probe all of these wonderful exciting terrific things and now we're just very slowly cutting our way through a wall um where where did it go wrong something's gone wrong somewhere along the line some lucky kid will have the surprise of his life Ah uh, well, there it goes. I, I like 
kind of the idea of uh, a child at Coralville Hospital opening the present and being confronted by this card saying you're going to stay with International Rescue for Christmas. I just wonder about how they actually sort of manage that. Do the staff at the hospital know who's getting the card? And if not, wouldn't like the other kids be upset? You know, his little stinky or icky or whatever. Timmy, no. Um, Nicky, um, why does he get to go? It's not quite fair, really, is it? Oh my goodness, they're still drilling through the wall. They're only about three quarters of the way through. What time is it? Oh, I'm halfway through the episode. I suppose that's something. Oh my goodness, they are still drilling. Get on with it! Get on with it! I'm especially puzzled by these scenes of the uh, the actual mall Santas who have been stripped uh, down to their underoos. They've been tied to a chair together and they're trying to get themselves free. Do they actually manage it in the end? We see them struggling for quite a while, but as far as I remember, we don't actually see them get free in the end. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a poor start to their Christmas. Oh my goodness, I'm tired. I'm very tired. Um, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, because there's no reason to. Usually with, with Thunderbirds, you know, you, there are people who are in trouble. People who need to be helped. Uh, I think, even though I know some people would say, mm, no, no. Uh, the Carter family in City of Fire. That, for me, is like the definitive example of people who need to be rescued. You know, it's a massive disaster, but it boils down to we've got to save these three people. There is nothing really at stake in this episode. So the bad guys want to steal a lot of money. Who cares? I don't care about the bad guys. I don't really care about the staff of the toy shop or the hospital. Um... What exactly am I supposed to be invested in here? Although this is quite interesting. Uh, Tanner, the chap who seems to live in the basement and whose job it is to wrap the presents, is utterly terrible at his job. I can wrap a better present than this. And I'll give him, you know, I'll give him a pass for the fact that he's a puppet. But the live-action hand inserts of this parcel being wrapped, it's a pretty... It's a pretty shoddy job. He's onto a good thing if he's not lost his job yet, and he's still getting paid for doing such a such a, a poor job. If that cable touches the floor. All right, all right. I'll fix the line. I think the episode has has forgotten that we are not supposed to be on the bad guy's side. We're not supposed to care whether they get in trouble or not. It's... it's so strangely constructed, this. We're spending the most time with the people that we're clearly not meant to, to care about. The people who we watch the show for are not in it, hardly. And for the scenes they are in, they're not doing anything. The only people who stand to lose anything for all this are... 
I don't know. This this money in this bank. I mean, we, we see the two security guards in the bank. That's it. Who's going to lose out if all this money gets stolen? I don't know. I don't care. I don't. I don't care. And now they're winching um, Scoby into the uh, the bank vault. Oh, very, very, very slow. Ah, right there we go. December twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty six. It's right there on screen. Tintin is standing right next to it. Two thousand twenty six is the year the Thunderbirds takes place in. End of argument. We can all go home. Uh, no. Because equally, in 30 minutes afternoon, there was a calendar saying it was 2007 or 2008, wasn't it? It's coming from the roof. Who can it be? Could it be any one of the other dozen people who live on this island? This is another painfully drawn-out sequence of Virgil and Tintin hearing a noise. Oh, let's go and investigate. Who could it be? It's quite scary. It's quite tense. The door is opening. Who's going to walk through? Could it be any one of the other dozen people on this island? We have extreme close-ups on our heroes' faces. To show how stressed they are, Tintin is now hiding behind Virgil. A shadowy figure approaches. Through the door, we see a pair of familiar blue glasses, but we brains. don't know. What are you doing? Oh, it's brains. Okay. Well, there was a vain attempt to build something approaching John. Come and have a cup of coffee. That's right. And then back to bed. Uh, all right, Virgil. Uh, don't look so worried. I look after him, Virgil. You better be going. Right. I do like the way Tintin says she'll look after Brains, like he's a like he's a resident of a nursing home who's wandered off by himself. It's quite sweet for all the wrong reasons, I think. Well, Thunderbird Two launch sequence. Can we have some funky music for this, please? Can we have some funky music for this, please? No. no not even any funky music for this. Okay, whatever. I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be back in about ten minutes. Maybe you'll have done something by then. Still haven't done anything. Oh, Thunderbird 2 is very slowly coming to a halt. I do like the Thunderbird 2 launch sequence as a whole, but uh, on the rare occasions where they don't play the music, it does get very, very painful to sit through just to see it crawling its way along the runway. It says something about how bad an episode is when even Thunderbird 2 can't save it. It's always struck me as as slightly odd when a a non-comedy series does a Christmas episode. And there's always that temptation that very few shows manage to avoid of setting the episode at Christmas, showing our characters at Christmas. Uh, I think the main example of a series that has Christmas specials and they always have to be set at Christmas and it never adds anything 
and probably takes quite a bit away from it, is Doctor Who. Uh, the modern Doctor Who. I, I don't know how many people would be disappointed if they got a Christmas episode of their favourite show that was just a really good episode of the show that didn't take place at Christmas, for instance. I don't think anybody would be disappointed if instead of this they had shown I don't know, something like Atlantic Inferno or Path of Destruction. Just, just put your really best stuff out when you've got the largest possible audience. And I, I don't think this episode is guilty of it, but certainly Christmas Christmas specials today, they rather take for granted the fact that their audience is going to be sat there watching this. Uh, I think probably with this, they just... Because they had struggled to adapt the series to a 50-minute format anyway, back in the day, when they're stuck with this like non-starter of a story idea, they really have no idea what to do to keep it going. Uh, much like I don't know how to keep this going at the moment. I mean, Scobie is now being slowly winched out of the, the vault. Um, I don't... I don't care. I don't care. The pencil, you clumsy. <laughs> this is a really good example of the lack of drama. You know, other episodes, oh, we've got to save the fire flash before it crashes. Oh, no, the, the crab logger's going to fall off a cliff. Here we have the bad guys about to be defeated by a pencil. The pencil gets its own ad break cliffhanger, of course. Again, that's the level of drama here. Welcome back to Harmon's store on this fine Christmas morning. Where still nothing has actually happened. Canister's ready, Mr. Harmon. Right, send it up in five minutes. I also have to question why exactly, um... Oh. There goes the pencil. Yeah, I have to question why Department Store has uh, a rocket launching facility on the roof. Are they at war with uh, with another department store? Are they regu regularly lobbing missiles at each other, trying to uh, put a dent in each other's sails? Oh, the store centers still haven't escaped. They've given that up as a bad job. What are we waiting for? Now, the baddies are attempting to escape by locking themselves in the canister that's going to be attached to the rocket and shot to the children's hospital. Now, obviously, they don't know that that's the plan. I don't quite know what they think is going to happen here. However, why are they dressed going as centers? Relax. We'll just have to try and bluff our way up. I, again, what what possible explanation can you have for the fact that you two guys are stowed away in this canister full of toys for children dressed as Santas? I know it's nice that they're trying to make Christmas well, we should special for for somebody who's got nobody, but even so. The Thunderbird will cruise around until the winner is... Why ready. are you wasting Thunderbird 2 on this? You have, like, the little... You have a couple of personal jets. Uh, you could... You could use one of those to make this trip. You don't need to take out Thunderbird 2. It's just to make the other kids feel bad when, um... Binky... Um... Nick... Nick... Nick Nicky! When Nicky gets picked up. I can't even remember the kid's name. Over the uh, head, Dr. Chappie. Dr. Pringle has got one of those binoculars that uh, turned up quite often in Thunderbirds and other Anderson shows where it holds on whatever... 
any vehicle that happens to be passing, it just holds on a shot of that vehicle. Regardless of where the vehicle actually is, the character can just stare at it through the binoculars and it's right there in front of him, despite the fact that it's moving at like 500 miles an hour. Wonderful technology in the year of uh, 2026. Right, Nurse Nimmo. Open it up. Yes, Doctor. Keep back. I'll do it. What's the meaning of this, Lang? Why has Dr. Lang got a gun? Does he get much use for that in the children's hospital? Is he sort of regularly called in to break up arguments and such in the dorm rooms or something? It's just occurred to me, um... So, Harmon's store in New York is next to the Second National Bank? And the Second National Bank was what the Mistrons ended up destroying in the heart of New York? Does that mean they took out Harmon's store in the process? Does that mean we lost the grumpy department store Santas and, and the guy who can't wrap a present? What a great loss that would be. This, friends, has certainly been a Christmas to remember. Even though that was the title of the Stingray Christmas episode, which was much better and entertaining than our little Christmas failure. So I give you a toast. A Merry Christmas to one and all, especially the children at Carlville. Now, let's get drunk. Well, this Christmas will go down in the history of Carlville. We've had a rocket full of gifts for the children, plus a couple of crooks. But I still haven't found my eyes. Still, can't have everything. Flatly drone this silly song and don't get near the tune. Well, we've just got time for one more carol before further refreshments. Oh no, not more food. I love how Christmas on Tracy Island is like, it's so strictly regimented. Jeff has got this, like, concise timetable of when we're going to eat, when we're going to sing. Oh, it's snowing. I really like this the end of this episode, despite the fact that I don't like the rest of this episode, I think this is a really nice way to end the show. Gee, snow and palm trees. Oh, except for this kid. You old devil, you've given us a real old it's a really nice image, though, of, uh, of the villa and the surrounding part of the island covered in snow. You just have to wonder, who was responsible for, for sweeping this up? I'm sure Brains would have designed it so that it was self-melting, but I just have this image of Parker a week later shoveling snow and getting absolutely nowhere with it. Well, that was a lump of coal, if ever there was one, in my Christmas stocking. Yeah, not a fan of this one. Definitely not a fan. As a Christmas episode, it's a failure on almost all fronts. It doesn't involve our characters at all, so there's really no reason to uh, to get too invested in it. We spend most of our time with the baddies. Uh, kind of a mix-up of, of priorities there. And the people who are going to suffer the most, or the people who are going to benefit the most, from what's going on are just kind of like, they're not on screen. You know, it's the kids at the hospital. We don't see them. It's the People who own the money, we don't see that. And of course, this is the final episode of Thunderbirds. This is not a good note to go out on. This is not even an adequate note to go out on. This is just awful. I'm sorry if I upset anybody, if I've slagged off your favorite episode, but for me, this is not a very Merry Christmas. Goodbye. <laughs>